managing editor, and host of Talk Tech Talk, award-winning journalist, Terrell Chatterbox Emerson. Welcome to it, welcome to it. It is 10 o'clock, a little after 10 o'clock on a Wednesday night, so you guys know what time it is. It is time for Talk That Talk. I am your host, Terrell Chatterbox Emerson, in studio with my guy. I'm lonely at the desk right now, but... Why does it keep yeah, doing it? Yeah, it did that. It did that Sunday too. I don't know. I don't know. I don't like it. I got my record on repeat. That's what it is. Oh. That's what it is. Wow. Now that I think about it, that's yeah. Okay. All I was say, Russ Taekwon bugged my phone. But anyway, what's the deal, 2K? Uh, I'm lonely at the desk, but I got as always my Florida man fact checker, Mr. Salim Dweck, is in the building. What's the deal? What's going on, everybody? What's going on? <sighs> First of all, I'm in a good mood. I'm in a great mood. Good. I'm feeling the vibe right now. Uh, <laughs> Celine said it was. You want to say what you said about the sports night a minute ago? It wasn't good. And when you said it, you know I'm always the glass half full guy. I looked at every single television and said, "Yeah, kind of right." It's a bad. I have one highlight of the night, and it's later on in the show, and it has nothing to do with Vegas or any of your favorite sports. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how this is going to go. But we're going to try it out. Again, guys, if you are unfamiliar, Talk That Talk radio show records twice weekly from the beautiful Westgate, Las Vegas Resort and Casino. We actually wear Actually, Salim has his right, right behind the camera, and I have mine on. Wearing it right now. You dig? It, this exclusive Superbook merch that is on our chest as we speak. Uh, again, this beautiful Westgate, Las Vegas Resort and Casino, where we actually do this show twice weekly. We're live in the clubhouse right now from this super book. This is the biggest super book in the world for over 50 years, and this was formerly the largest hotel in the world for nearly a decade. If you want to be a part of this legacy, if you want to be a part of this energy, if you want to be a part of this atmosphere, it is located at 3000 Paradise Road, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89109. Once again, if you want to be a part of it, it is located at 3000 Paradise Road, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89109. Let's start the show. Uh, so you guys know already, I don't like holding my microphone when I'm on the show. I like to kind of get my hands going, get into the conversation. As soon as I said, hey, it's time for me to, you know what I mean, work on a different little setup. Let's see what, what let's, let's price of things out. I break the third and final mic stand that we had. Still a great day. That's all we're gonna say. Still a great day. I don't know what happened. I don't. Something told me not to do it because I had like my hands were full already. Right. But I tried it, and it was one of those things to where like you know how you feel like you got everything. Yeah. And I felt it go over my shoulder. And I was just like, oh, no, 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 no. And then, and then, like, as it's still midair, you can, like, already tell something bad. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be bad. And you're just from the way it's angled. And, and you can't do anything about it? Yeah, I know that feeling. One time, I did something great. I had dropped my phone, and it was one of those ugly ones, like, oh, this is going to crack. And I kind of kicked my phone to save it, and it kind of slid down my leg. Like the one time. Hey, good things happen sometimes. I don't know where those reflexes went. Um, my mom sent me two tip-ins today, and I actually texted her back. Let me see my 
Uh, and I actually texted her back, but uh, she gave me some some tip-ins today that was a little more um, relationship-ended. So I didn't feel like it kind of fit the energy for today. But um, hopefully she sends us another one before uh, this first hour is out. So I actually wanted to start with Jim Fossil. Yeah. So I wanted to start with former NFL coach. I'm going to say former football coach. Jim Fossil, who died of a heart attack Monday at the age of 71. Um, he passed here in, La- in Las Vegas, Nevada. He was 58, 53, and 1 as an NFL coach. He was a coach of the year in 1997. And he had three playoff bursts. And, of course, most highlighted by a loss to the Baltimore Ravens in Super Bowl 35. Do you want to know some more Jim Fossil stats that I have that I feel like are absolutely amazing? I'm always up for good stats. You know me. How do you feel about the UFL? I like it. The I'm not gonna lie, I don't know much about it, but I, I like it. Right. You don't think of too many like UFL stats, right? Nah. Get this. Jim Fossil won back to back UFL titles in two thousand and nine and two thousand and ten. Both years his team posted records of four and two and five and three. The following year, two thousand eleven. His team went 3-1 and one and lost in the title game to Virginia. Here's where I'm going with this. 2012, Jim Fossil's team, keep in mind, three years in the league, two titles already, and you lose in a championship game in year three. Tough. Year four, Jim Fossil and his team starts the year 4-0, and then the league stops play. Isn't that convenient? Jim Fossil was headed for a fourth championship game berth at the very least, right? Yeah. I just find that interesting because a lot of people I think so. Like to put all of their eggs in one basket or all of their merit in one basket. And uh when I say one basket I mean just one league. And you and me are, are two people, or you and I are two people that uh, discuss it on the show very often whenever it comes up. We are very surprised with the amount of people that question what ballot Hall of Fame Carmelo Anthony should be. We're not even questioning the people that feel like he's not a Hall of Fame. We're not right. talking to you. No, I'm not, I'm not talking. But if you're asking me if Carmelo Anthony's basketball career Keep in mind, Twitter Twitter geeks and Twitter nerds, I didn't say NBA. If you're telling me Carmelo Anthony's basketball career, what ballot is it Hall of Fame-wise, it's first, and it's not a question. I agree. Not even close. I'm not even the biggest Melo fan, but he's clearly first ballot Hall of Famer. So, interestingly enough, I, I looked at Jim Fossil's numbers, and – I looked at the, the success in the UFL, and I just continued to go to the fact that Jim Fossil was a teacher of the game. He was a leader of men. And <laughs> we do it in our own unique way here, especially covering the teams that we cover. But we've 
pointed out scenarios where we felt people lacked in those departments. Mm-hmm. And it seems as though that's not something that, that Jim Foster did. You got any you got anything else on him? I'll see you over there typing away, scrolling. I was trying to look for something, I couldn't find it. But All um, good. if you don't have anything else on him, we don't have to. I hope one day I can be known for something as great as, you know. That's a you know. You will be. Trust me. Well trust me when I tell you. Either that or uh let's not go there. <laughs> yeah, I was I was just about to say don't. It wasn't gonna be dark, but I, I had like a funny joke, but But is it a podcast joke? Yeah. Save it. <laughs> My mom actually texted me right now and said, life's too short to argue and fight. Oh, wow. She actually sent me both. Um, or she sent me two. Life's too short to argue and fight. Count your blessings, value your friends, and move on with your head held high and smile for everyone. And a, and a smile for everyone. Excuse me. We had a conversation before this show started. And it's just funny because I'm not even sure if my mom knows what I told you before the show started. But... It's funny how her time, her time, me, her timing is everything to me, clearly. So we, we thank you clearly for that, Mom. Um, I feel like I want to take it somewhere. I did, and I'm looking right at it. I wore this shirt for a reason on the way in, and I took it off, and I just kind of put it right here on the chair. Um, a couple of shows ago, Celine, correct me if I'm wrong, I wore that shirt. Do you remember how long ago I wore that shirt? So let's say two weeks ago, I think I wore that shirt, and or maybe a week and a half. So I don't, I don't know. And I brought it in a day, and I wanted to put it on this chair because I forgot the reason why I wore it. And I want to say happy belated birthday, first of all, to Rich Cameron. Um, if you guys know anything about me and about my journalism background and my journalism history, uh, Rich Cameron was my professor at at Cerritos, and he was my journalism professor. And shout out to Alicia Equis. I talk about Alicia all the time. You guys know that's literally like somebody who has saved me in many situations. Um, So shout out to both of them for literally holding it down at Cerritos. And I want to say happy belated birthday to Rich Cameron. And I wore that shirt because (coughs) Rich has never been a person that uh, gets very sentimental. When it comes to himself, like really at all. Right. Uh, and we got some news a couple of months back, and we were waiting for him to actually announce it. And currently, Rich is going through chemotherapy. And it's something that I've realized I haven't talked about very much, um, even in in handling the raw emotions that I'm dealing with right now as I'm talking about it, as I'm looking at the shirt. Um, It was a lot to process, I'm sure. Like, not just for me, but for uh, my fellow classmates, for Alicia, for uh, colleagues that we work with, just everybody that we've come across. And I'm, I'm here to say that I'm very, very proud of the way that, first of all, Rich and his family have handled the news and the way that they've continued to power along as we all expected that they would. Um, In addition to that, I want to say that I'm extremely happy to see everybody band together the way that they did, and um, everybody got together and sent them cards. I like that. They sent them cards for his birthday. 
and um, among other things that, you know what I mean, people are just continuing to shower him with love. So I just want to continue to say that 41 on the back of that shirt. Uh, I actually, I'm going to start with the front of that shirt. The front of that shirt says the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, we gave Rich Cameron that shirt his last year at Cerritos when he announced that he was retiring. And um, it's it's what I always called him. I always called him the man, the myth, the legend. Because on the back of that shirt, uh, we have hashtag rich kids on the back. And it's it's interesting because when we went to Cerritos, and, or we, we went to Cerritos clearly, and we, we would go to uh, conferences and everything, of course it was always – positive vibes i shouldn't say always it was for the most part positive vibes in every situation but you did have some people who would kind of make those quote unquote and i'm gonna do the air quotes the jokes like oh you guys think you're better than everybody because you go to cerritos and i mean for what it's worth cerritos reputation it preceded itself so you knew what rich cameron was gonna do and you knew what his products were gonna do um so we ran with it we ran with the hashtag, yeah, we're rich kids. We're we're something that everybody, you know what I mean, wants to be. So uh, that 41 is the amount of time that Rich Cameron put in. So it's I just want to. long, long time. Fam, we talked about my parents celebrating 27 years. 41 teaching people like me? Fam, yeah, I, I, like I'm I not doing this. I said this last week or whenever it was, Sunday. I'm going to be 24 in two months. I have no concept of 41 years. I don't even know where to start, bro. Like, I, I guess you got to like, start from year one. You know like babies have no object permanence? Well, I feel like if something crazy like that happens over a long span of time and it's longer than your entire life, you don't even – like, I don't know. And the interesting thing is I'm going to tell you guys a story really quick. <laughs> Rich Cameron – uh, shout out to the, to the, to the man. Um, and he, he had this thing where he would watch different colleges. And this is why it, it's so funny to me because one of the things that he would do, and this is what's so interesting. He would, people would wonder why his classes did what they did. Right. And brought home some of the awards that they brought home. Granted, shout out to Long Beach, um, city. Um, shout out to Golden West. Uh, shout, shout out, out to Staples. huh? Shout out Vince Staples. Long you Beach. did. I almost said something else. Um, anyway, uh, just shout out to all the community colleges. I mean, we did great work while there. But a lot of times when we when we reference those jokes that people would always have about us being rich kids, we always laughed and was like, "Rich has told you guys how he produced people like us." Rich is very, very excellent at installing something and even planting a seed that forces you to kind of – it forces you to question yourself and almost question the situation and or the school and say, are they better than us? Right. And what I mean by that is he would do something by the numbers every week. So it didn't matter what we did. He would always count our page clicks. Uh, I don't know if it was our – I take that back. It might have been our page clicks. It was um, our tweets, our Facebook posts, um, our web, our website posts. And he would count which days they went in, and he would tally them all out. And he would, see, he would show us the schools 
that dumped their stories on a Friday or that dumped their stories on a Tuesday. Or, and, the, and he would mention ours, and he would say ours is consistent throughout the week. He would show us all of those numbers throughout the week. And, of course, it sparked something in us that made us want to be at the top of that list every single week. So, uh, again, I know that this is a sports show. But Rich Cameron, let me bring it back to sports. Rich Cameron is a Dodger fan. Rich Cameron is still so great at what he does. He wrote out something, and I say it's a column. He wrote out a column about what makes hot dogs better at the ballpark. I'd actually be interested in reading that. I'm telling you, even if you think you wouldn't, you would read it and say, you know what, Rich, you have a point. Because he talked about boiled hot dogs, and he talked about he talked about hot dogs on the grill. And he compared those to ballpark hot dogs. I like chicken hot dogs, <laughs> turkey dogs. Does it matter the way that they're prepared? Probably. It's <laughs> Salim's like I don't eat I don't eat beef or pork, especially not pork. We don't no. So for me, uh, if it's chicken or turkey, I'll, I'll eat it. Yeah. If it's chicken or turkey, you'll do the dog. Yeah. Good to see. Good to d- well, good to know rather. Um, but I, I just wanted to make sure that I gave him a little bit of uh, some some shine tonight, and I gave him his flowers uh, because I am looking at the shirt, and I was beyond upset when I got home and realized I wore the shirt a couple weeks ago and didn't mention him. So uh, shout out to the legend once again. Uh, and again, ah, man, I guess it's a super sentimental moment. Let me get this out the way as well. Rest in peace to my grandfather, Henry Lee Emerson. That's um, sheesh. Today makes, and my dad can text me and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe 12 years since my grandfather checked out of here. And, um, yeah, man, we appreciate you. We love you. We miss you. Um, yeah, man, I talk a lot about Steve Weiss being my OG in terms of my mentor. And of course, I reference my dad all the time. That's the original, original, original OG. Um, but yeah, man, it all starts with Henry Lee Emerson. So I want to say shout out to, again, the legacy act that was my grandfather, uh, special man from top to bottom. Um, I actually want to start local news. Because I feel like you and me are going to get into an NBA bag in the second half of the show. You down for that? Yeah, yeah, I'm down. Let's do it. Salim, you are one of the people that I will say, because we see each other probably the most often, um, you know me. <laughs> I'll say that you pretty much know me, man. I'm, I'm pretty cut and dry on the surface, and you know how geeked I am about Sunday. Yes. And... We're going to get into why I'm so geeked for Sunday because the Aviators went 8 and 4 on their road trip, their season-long 12-game road trip, and they're now 15 and 14 on the year. They went 4 and 2 against your Sacramento River Cats. No? No. You're, you're off it. For those who don't know, I renounced my uh Sacramento River Cats fandom and I switched allegiance to the uh, Albuquerque Isotopes, so if you ever want to send me an Albuquerque Isotopes jersey, uh, you can send it here to the Westgate Hotel and um, or my home address, which actually, no, don't send it to my home address. Um, I was about to say, man, what are we doing? Um, you know what? Don't do that. Just so you know, if somebody does reach out to you yeah. and tries to send you something, please remember not to give them your home address. Because people send stuff to the show. We have a book. 
I have a book to give you. A reader sent us a book called The Green Wall, and I haven't gotten to it. So as long as somebody from the show reads it, we can reach out to, um, I believe it's DJ Vodka. I believe it's DJ Vodka, and believe it or not, no, Selena. Uh, DJ is a former corrections officer. Oh. And he's talking about the code of silence behind the wall. Oh, okay, okay. And he is no longer a officer because he said he refused to follow said code of, of silence. So he wrote a book about it. I'd actually be really interested in reading. I know you, and I know I've, you. I've would. heard some nasty stories about COs. I think a lot of people have. So this is what we'll do. We'll get. I'll give you the book this week, and I know how how much of a kind of a a, a history rat you are, and just kind of a a political rat you are, just in general. I know for a fact that this book is gonna make you want to talk to him. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll definitely read it. We'll see what's up with that. We'll mm-hmm. see what's up with that. I'm, I'm kind of happy I kind of stumbled in, into this. But anyway, I still want to let you know that your Albuquerque isotopes went f- two up and four down to our Las Vegas aviators. Uh, so fixed. <laughs> we were in Albuquerque, though. It doesn't matter. You have, like, a Vegas. You have, like, a, there's a very strong bias towards Vegas teams and a very anti-Albuquerque bias. In the really? Media. Yeah. So Does it travel to Arizona? Yeah, like just a lot of people don't know about it, but it's yeah. it stops in California though. No, it's just all over. Like there's a very anti Albuquerque bias, especially towards the isotopes. That actually makes a lot of sense now that you mention yeah. it, because the Albuquerque isotopes are still after this series. They're at the bottom of the AAA standings. They are nine and twenty-one through thirty games. It's hard to win when the entire league and the powers that be are against you. So. I'm gonna add one more kicker to the series for you. The Aviators lost two of the first three games of the series, and then won the last three. Just another stat for you real quick. But I do think it's important to mention that while it was a season-long 12-game road trip, the team is returning with a season-long homestand. And we're actually starting this homestand tomorrow, and I'm excited for tomorrow because it opens up a series against the Reno Aces. In case that wasn't enough to get you up for this series, Salim. Reno Ace, I like the song. D- don't you don't you switch it again? That would be three series in a no, row. No, no, don't no, you I'm do it. I'm sticking with my uh, my isotopes. I, hey, why did I think you were gonna see aviators? What is it gonna take you to get to get you an aviator jersey? Uh, they give me a jersey for free, <laughs> and they let me in that cool pool they have in the outfield. We'll talk about the pool. If they let me in the pool, I'll buy a jersey. And we'll talk about the jersey, actually. If not, I'll, I'm going to stick with my isotopes. <laughs> and we'll talk about the jersey as well. I don't know about the isotope jersey. But um, the Aviators, their series against the Aces, as if you needed anything else to kind of pump that, that series up. The Aces are first place in the Western Division, excuse me, in the Western Division of the AAA West. The Aviators are now currently second. So even though they're 15 and 14, they're only three games out of first place, and they get six at home against the Reno Aces. Give me your prediction. Six games, the Aces, or excuse me, the Aviators go what? Four and two. Another four and two. So four and two would take them to 19 and 16. They'll be, they would be in first place. Actually, or did I lie? No, because if they go, f- yeah, they would be in first place. So... Oh, 
aside from that, let me go ahead and inform you guys now that we are past June 1st, and this series officially starts on June 10th. This is another, a great time to reiterate that Las Vegas Ballpark will be at full capacity. That's what's up. I can't – you know what's interesting? Covering games during the pandemic – for people, you know, in general, who said that, you know, the crowd thing is overblown, have you watched, like, a Suns-Nuggets game so far? Have you heard how loud those people are? Home court advantage is definitely back, except that weird Maverick series. I don't know. Maybe – I was going to say maybe that really was because Kawhi has a habit for rising, <laughs> it seems like, on the road, and Luka, for some reason, loves playing in L.A. Um – does that mean he'll play in it? Never mind. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Speaking about the the series with the Reno Aces, we have full capacity, so that means that promotional nights are back. So tomorrow, your season, or excuse me, your series opener against the Reno Aces, guys, it's two dollar beer night. Who doesn't want to be a part of $2 beer night, especially at the ballpark, especially when Salim just talked about it? The roar of the fans will be back. That pool will be full. That bar out in right center will be packed. I can't wait to see what this what this, uh, game tomorrow looks like. Here's the thing, right? It's not the isotopes. Well, uh, you know my isotopes are, you know. I'm looking at pictures of this pool right now. That's what I've been looking at. Like, yeah, man. It's a nice pool. Looks very refreshing. All I'm saying is we should try to maybe think about potentially doing the show right there. You know what's funny? You know, end of season wraps, you know, things like that. You know, I mean, even, you know, showdown on the on the field. I mean, you know, we could do a couple different, you know, so we'll, we'll, we'll talk to the aviators about it. Hopefully they'll listen. <laughs> they always do. We love the aviators. Shout out to Mr. Donnie Logan. Donnie Baseball again. You will meet him on Sunday, barring if he's at the game. Uh, you finally get to tell that man to his face that he probably has the greatest nickname in all of the Valley. So, what you got for me? I just – never mind. What the I, j I just looked at the price of privately renting out the outfield pool for a game. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> uh, but you know what's funny? I've never seen that pool not empty. Oh, no. People got money. <laughs> I've never Especially seen that pool not uh, empty. You know, this stadium is in a very, um, oh, how, could, how could I put this? Well-established area of the valley. Yes. Yeah. Did I do that's, it right? That's a nicer way of saying it. Because um, I, I was going to, no. Yeah. I know. You were going to take it left. <laughs> um. Friday night, we have Friday Night Fireworks back at the ballpark. I'm excited to see what this is looking like. Um, well, we've already had fire Friday Night Fireworks here at the ballpark, but it's a little different now when you have a full, packed Las Vegas ballpark. I'm sure we're going to get over 10,000. I'm going to say – all right, Salim, let's go. Let's have some fun. 10,000 people, over 10,000 people. We're about to do an over-under. Six out of the 12 home games during this homestand. Over 10,000 in capacity. Under. 
Yeah. I don't know how many. What if it was five? Under. All right, I'm gonna make it five, and I'm going over. Sure. We're gonna try to revisit this. What did I say? Five. Five games. But ten thousand people actually there, or ten thousand people reported? Reported. Yeah, because we have no way. Like unless <laughs> unless you're like really good with just like the eye test. Yeah, it looks about like. Give me, give me the person that can eye test ninety seven hundred people and ten thousand. Yeah, it's about. <laughs> it's like oh, give me fifteen well, more. I'll tell you who they are. Uh, liars. See, that, that was my mom's first tip in, and it was about relationships. And I was like, me and Salim already did this on Sunday. This is gonna take a left again. <laughs> um, where where was that? Oh, five games over ten k. Salim says under. And I'm going over. Well, there goes that. And again, guys, if you needed to know, oh, actually, let me continue with these um, with these promotional nights. Again, Thursday is $2 beer night. Friday is Friday night fireworks. Saturday night, we have Aviator, and we are back in action. So, um, as I was saying before, Saturday night, we have the Aviator Auto Shades. As I've said before, we've had so many different giveaways with the Aviators. We've had a Finn bobblehead. We've had um, mascot bobbleheads, both the Aviator and uh, Spruce. So you guys want to definitely be a part of this. And then, of course, on Tuesday, to close out the um, the Aces series, we do have the Reyes de Plata's jersey for the Las Vegas Aviators. And, of course, Reyes de Plata is paying homage to Nevada being a silver state. So, of course, they're definitely shining some light on the Silver Kings. Um, and then on June 13th, which is Sunday, we got our first show from the ballpark. Thursday, Friday, I'll be scouting the area, trying to set it up, trying to make sure that, you know what I mean, we're we're tucked away in the right spot. And um, I'm excited to see what happens. I'm excited to see what happens and where it goes moving forward. Uh, but I know it would be something special, nonetheless. Nice. Vegas go tonight. <laughs> Salim, let's have an honest conversation, man. Uh, does this team play better from behind? I think so. I mean, that you know. That game, uh, what was it, five? That was incredible. That was an incredible game. It was game five. And, you know, when they got down 2 nothing, I I didn't feel like the series was over. You didn't? I didn't feel like the game was over. When well, I shouldn't say series. You're right. But you didn't feel I like the game, game was over? When, it was de- when they were down 2 nothing, I didn't feel like the game was over. I felt Why? Like because the way that they scored the two? You can score, like, especially with hockey, especially in playoff hockey, like, you can score so quickly. You know, going into the third, being down, I think it was, they were going into the third, down to nothing. They were. 20 minutes to score two goals. Yeah, they can do that. And they did. And they did more in overtime. Right. This is a really beautiful goal in overtime. It, it was beautiful goals all night. I mean, oh the yeah. first one that got past Marc-Andre Fleury with, with the 0.8 corner, seconds left. The top corner. If you're Mark Andre Fleury, what do you do besides tip your cap? Yeah, that was really. I mean, it's really nice. The only way he could have saved that was with a shoulder shimmy, and or either being pinpoint with the stick, because the the left arm wasn't gonna make it no matter what, right? No, the, no, the left arm, the right arm. Yeah, no, would have. <laughs> I just I find it interesting that, uh, like you said, playoff hockey is so interesting. But when it got past him, he looked to his right, 
And I was trying to figure out the million things he could have been looking at. I'm talking about specifically. I bet you he looked at the baseboard and realized that nothing caromed off it. And that's how he knew that the shot got by him. That's my guess. Tough. That's a tough way to find out. Um, but regardless of the fact, Salim just said it. The Vegas Golden Knights went into period number three, trailing two to nothing, and then they were able to score three goals over the next two periods. And of course, the latter period was the overtime period that was necessary to secure a three to two win in overtime in Game Five. Game Six is tomorrow. Again, six oh five start time. We are back here in the fortress. Salim, do they close it out here? You gotta give me something. I want to say yes because that would prove me right about my Vegas and six <laughs> prediction, and I love being right. <laughs> Duna would be wrong. Well, I'm sure he picked like Avalanche in four <laughs> or something. <laughs> he def- I think he did. He might have said Avalanche in five. Definitely, you know, not biased. Definitely has nothing to do with the fact that he's from Colorado. Not a thing. No. Uh, I don't know, man. I. I don't have a great feeling, but I hope they do because I love being right. <laughs> does that is that it? You don't want to be happy for the city, for the players, coaching staff, I mean, franchise. It'd be cool, I guess, if they win. But you know, I again, my needing to be right <laughs> is first ex- and foremost exceeds the city's need to have a good hockey team. Salim, do me a favor. Rank your favorite teams in the city right now. Go. Because what is it? Is it women's basketball that's up there? Which team is yeah, it? Yeah, UNLV, Lady Rebels. Okay. Uh, it's number one. The group of guys that play uh, slots in the 7-Eleven on Eastern and Trop. Uh, those guys are a team. I know who you're talking Well, I know the 7-Eleven is you're talking about. I'm not uh, doing the Aces, I'd put in third. I guess the Knight, the the Golden Knights at four. Stop right. Actually, give me number five, and then I'm gonna ask you a question. The Aviators. The Aviators are five. Las Vegas. Actually, no. Aviators six. Las Vegas Lights are five. I'll take that. Give me a question. All right, give me one quick answer. Where does UNLV football land? Low. Just low. I like the answer because it, it it's respectable. Because I know you want to say more. I mean, there's a list of lo- – there's only a fixed list of, like, Las Vegas teams. Like, eventually you're just going to run out of names. I mean, so the nicest thing I'll say is they're on there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. so. They're on there? Are they higher or low? Never mind. You know we host the rodeo every every year at the Thomas & Mack, right? Are they a team? Who puts that on? Can I just say that Wrangler does it, even if they don't? I got to tell you one thing, and this isn't a t- conversation for, for this. Uh-oh. When I see how those those animals get treated, sometimes I root. I root for, th- you know, I don't root for any specific cowboy or whatever. I root for the animal to do what ne- needs to be done. Is that bad that that's me at the circus? No, absolutely. I, I feel the same way. Like, circus, they abuse the animals. I'm, I'm a big fan of elephants. Uh, this show has completely been derailed by the by it's a Wednesday night. The circus now. It's a Wednesday night. 
Didn't wasn't a circus just in town recently in Vegas? Evil Knievel died and back in the day, and it just all went downhill. <laughs> all right. I don't know what just happened. I keep saying the show is derailed. He was in the circus, right? I, I have no idea. I don't have Evil Knievel. Well, all those, like, back, back in the day, all those old circuses with, like, all the people that are, like, considered, like, outcasts of society and stuff. I don't know. You consider really them outcasts for different reasons, I'm sure. I mean, if they're mistreating elephants, I'm sure you're, they're not your friend. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I'm I'm cool with like you know the whole being different and like having three arms and whatever. You don't have to treat animals bad, you know. <laughs> That's the end all be all. Yeah. So it goes Celine being right and then don't treat animals bad. Yeah, and then I guess Vegas having a good hockey team is like third or whatever. Makes sense. We'll see where the eight where the uh, UNLV football falls on that list eventually. Uh, the winner of this series does play the Montreal Canadiens, which I don't know if you've been watching other series in this po- in this I've postseason. Seen some of the Montreal games. Do they look as terrifying as I take them as, or am I overthinking it? I, I mean, I don't. I didn't watch them all season. I don't even know how good Winnipeg is, so I can't really gauge it. I mean, but they came back against uh, the Maple Leafs, and uh, they looked pretty damn good against Winnipeg. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what it turns out to be. But if they beat the look, if they beat the Avalanche, especially in six games, I don't think there's a team that. Like even Tampa, I mean, I would probably pick Tampa over them. Really? Yeah, in a series, but I don't think they're going into it. With like Did you have Minnesota in round one? No. Okay. I so you haven't picked against the Knights yet. Yeah, and, and I'm guessing you wouldn't do it against Montreal. Montreal's a good team, but I think I'd pick Vegas. Uh, but yeah, I'd probably pick Tampa against them. Six or seven against Montreal. I haven't watched enough Montreal to know. Okay, so I'll give you a little bit more time to, to give us I'll that. I'll look up more stuff, but yeah, like, I don't know. Montreal's a damn good team, bro. It's funny that you've already said Tampa Bay in the finals, essentially. Uh, Tampa Bay is on the other side in the Stanley Cup semifinals. And I came in here to tell you guys that they were going to play either the Boston Bruins or the New York Islanders. And then there was a game that was played today. Right. And the New York Islanders came away with a 6-2 win over the Boston Bruins. So that means we got the Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Islanders in the Stanley Cup semifinals on the right side of the bracket. They should, you know, if you're going to call yourself the Islanders, at least change the name or at least move back to Long Island. I don't know why. you They, they play in Queens now, you know what I mean? Uh, so can I be honest? Sure. You're already a person that doesn't let me live with just, like, the basic things that, like, I don't know. Because, like, they're so common in certain in certain aspects. <clears throat> I take my I take my pride in, in having my weird, quirky sports facts. You know, I was watching the Islander game two nights ago, and it just hit me that they were the New York Islanders. And I said, do they play in Long Island? So they have this really weird thing. <laughs> Where like they, they move like back and forth <coughs> between like Long Island and then Queens. It was re- it was really weird. Did uh, they do the Queens because of the orange and blue thing to go with the Mets? I hope not. I don't. I don't know. They're Remember they kept trying to give LA the Vikings because of the purple and gold, and like Laker fans was like, no, <laughs> no, please don't give us them. Um, I, I always liked the the two New York hockey teams. Not because, like, I knew anything about them, just because their jerseys are cool. The Islanders are – I never thought of the, the 
the Long Island though. I never thought of the and just a, just a, a sidebar too because I tweeted it out and I'm here in the beautiful Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino. Um, Westgate's Long Islands are different, and I know Salim doesn't drink, but uh, I was in here a, a couple of weeks ago, and um, <coughs> excuse me, and I had a couple people with me, and I thought I was the only one that realized that the Long Island was a little different here. And I never liked Long – I almost said growing up and I almost told on myself. But I never liked Long Islands, like, when I was younger. And then I had one randomly here from Westgate, and that might have been one of the best decisions I've made. So if you're here or if you want to be here and get one of those Long Islands, make it down to 3000 Paradise Road, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89109. Just a little free game. Okay. So, they played at Nassau Coliseum in Long Island until 2015. Then how, how, when did they start? 72, 72 according okay. to this. Uh, however, I guess there were, had to be some uh, stadium reconstruction or whatever. So, they split between playing at Barclays Arena okay. and Nassau Coliseum. And then they just built a new stadium this year on the border between Queens and Long Island uh, called the USB or UBS Stadium. What's it, UBS? Okay, wait. So when did they build that stadium? Uh, this year or was, like I think, the first year. This year is the first year. Okay, interesting. So you, you made me feel a little better when you said that it's the border of Queens and Long Island. I'll take it if it's that. Yeah. UBS Arena. <coughs> yeah. So can I ask can I ask another crazy question? Sure. Why are the New York Rangers the New York Rangers? Yeah, and it's like why are the New York Jets the New York Jets? Why are the Giants the like beat? Oh, okay. So I don't want to be that guy, but can we stick on what I ask? Because I do have a somebody has to figure this out for me, but I do have an idea. Do they play? Where do they play? Is it Manhattan? Yeah, they play in Madison Square Garden. It's not because of Central Park, is it? Oh, you meant the name. Oh, I thought you were talking. I thought you meant like. I mean, literally the name. Oh, yeah. No, I, I have no idea. It's yeah. not because of Central Park, right? We're not playing off the idea of park rangers, right? Right. Say no, bro. I, I don't even. I got to look at. Please the, uh, Google. what If that. That's a shot in the dark. Me saying that is a shot in the dark. I mean, let's see. And I swear we're going to get back to the Islanders and the, and the Tampa Bay Lightning short, shortly, I promise. I think we both have the Lightning. Oh, this is actually a pretty cool story. So the team was founded in 1926 by a guy named Tex Rickard. Okay. So the New York press called it Texas, like Tex. Texas. Like Texas Rangers, like the Texas Rangers. It's a pretty cool story, actually. I don't want to. I don't want to make you do too much uh, history digging. No, I love Is it still stuff. in the family? Uh, Does the family still own it? That's one of those things. I just hope it's. I don't really have much to add on the back end of it. I just hope that. I don't know. Let's find out. <coughs> no, I, I just really I, hope I it's have in something the very depressing. Uh, James Dolan. Oh duh! I should have known that. Jeez oh, Louise. My God. 
that explains why the Islanders are doing what they're doing and the Rangers aren't. Sick to my stomach knowing that man <laughs> is al- is allowed to enjoy his life. <laughs> well, I mean, he sold the uh, the form almost like the Great Western form. That, I guess that's he should leave the state of New York. There are people that are helping pack. I'll force him to pack. Oh, I say, would you travel and help him pack too? Help is a word. I yeah, I'd help certain people pack, but I wouldn't be so. This guy needs to go. <laughs> even after successful season for the Knicks. Uh, give me Tampa Bay and, and the Islanders. Give me their uh, final series tally because clearly you have the Lightning just like I do. I don't know. A lightning in, in six. Uh, I'm going to say seven only because the Islanders are freakish right now. Tell you what, I might need to get an Islanders jersey, a Rangers jersey, and a Maple Leafs jersey. Okay, you took it kind of far. The The Islanders I was with, the Rangers, no, I'm not doing um, oh, we can't all have good taste. <laughs> uh, the ice, the isotope jerseys are nice. Yeah, they are. And I don't, I don't, I don't want to go back to this AAA baseball conversation, but it's ridiculous. Um, <clears throat> I'll give you the Maple Leafs. I'll give you that. Maple Leafs have a really nice jersey. We should actually buy hockey jerseys and have like hockey jerseys are really awesome. They're amazing. Maybe we should do a giveaway. It sucks that like our city's team doesn't have a good one. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, but we somebody asked. Celine, we have gray. We have or is that stone? Gray? Was it charcoal? I don't know what color it is, but anyway, it looks awful. Whatever <laughs> it is, I'm sorry. We have our home jerseys. We have our road whites, and we have our gold ones, like our mustard bronze ones, and we have those red ones. The red ones are the only ones that maybe. That's it. I like the red ones. Other than that, they have the worst jerseys in the league. The Knights have the worst jerseys in the league? I don't know. The Kings are pretty bad, too. (laughs) You don't want to be able to stay here. You don't want me to go back home. What's up with you? Look, some people don't like the truth. I try to embrace it. You know who has a great uniform? Who? Sharks. I'm telling you, that might be one of the best. The, the Golden Knights are getting up there in terms of their intro, their pregame intro, but the Sharks probably still have the best pregame intro to me. Oh, no, it's awesome. I know they're like the rivals. or no, Yeah, I get it. And that's probably it all of the city is <gasps> right now. But th- th- that Shark is insane. Honestly, for what it's worth, let me go ahead and get this out the way too, and we'll come back and talk some basketball. We'll probably open up with the Aces, and then we'll go into NBA. Uh, and then Salim is – gonna talk about how much he loves what's happening in Brooklyn um long time Brooklyn Nets fan <laughs> I have a question for you Salim <clears throat> first of all let me give you a statement first of all uh, I'm sure you know this news already but you are aware that whenever UNLV basketball and football starts there will no longer be Hey Reb on the sideline that's good and I do want to go on record anytime this conversation comes up because I love being, you know what I mean, uh, very open and vocal. <coughs> excuse me about things I've said in the past, and I said it about our Juneteenth or during our Juneteenth radio blackout, radio station blackout last year. <coughs> and again, shout out to all of Talk That Talk Media. If you guys want to be a part of our Juneteenth event this year, we're doing a Black Business Vendor Fair on UNLV's campus on the second floor of the courtyard building, or excuse me, on the second floor courtyard of the Greenspun building, which is the building right next door to In-N-Out, 
If you guys want to be a part of that, come celebrate. Come rock with us. We got some performers scheduled. We got a DJ booked. Um, I'm excited. We got some vendors that are that are scheduled to come out. We're excited to see what happens. But I was talking to Javon Johnson. Shout out to my professor. And <clears throat> excuse me. He was really vocal in wanting Hey Rev gone. Um, I'll just be honest. I've been told what Hey Rev kind of stands for. And then I've been on campus with Hey Rev. And at the end of the day, it is a mascot, or excuse me, it's a costume that students put on. So therefore, I wasn't like, to be honest, that's not the first thing I want to change on to, this to campus. To be really honest with you, up until like uh, they changed it, and like I read stories, I didn't even know what that was even supposed. I thought it was just some guy. With a mustache. Trust me when I tell you. I had no I like <laughs> I didn't really think anything of it, but uh I, I did my research the year before I came out here, I'll say. And uh of course the newspaper was called the Rebel Yale. So that's how I got into the Rebel Yale. That's how I got into Hey Reb and I kinda did my research. But when I got on campus, I was like, Oh, Hey Reb is low key the last thing that y'all should be worried about. Cause there's some other stuff on campus that I feel like we should take care of. Right. It, you know, that's I don't know. I, I <laughs> but that's another story. But hey, Rev is gone. So I said all of that to say we're not about to bring up what you just brought up when we were talking hockey jerseys. And people keep asking, what should the mascot be for the UNLV running Rebels? Salim, go ahead and tell them the answer that I have been thinking in my head for the last year. Tark the shark. Why the hell is it so hard to to get a shark as a mascot? Why are, why are we doing polls? Why are we doing think pieces? Why are we doing any of that shit when we have a Jaws theme that plays every basketball tip-off? Make it make sense. Yeah, I mean, uh, you have a couple options. Tark the shark or... Uh, <laughs> a downtrodden man sitting in a hotel after losing his house by betting on the Steelers or something like that. With his dress shirt sleeves rolled up. You got to have that, though. Just like a half drinking, like, drunk whiskey. You know, just just devastation. Ty just wrapped around his neck. Like, whatever family wealth you had built up, it's gone. Uh, Sunburned to hell. Or like, uh, or like a slot machine or, you know, maybe. What like about a poker chip? That'd be cool, I guess. I okay, let's let's give our student section a little bit of credit really quick. Our student section does do a really good job with distractions. Um, God bless her. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, I've seen roulette wheels. I've seen poker chips. I've seen just – I've seen some of the craziest things in the world, man. I've seen Eric Musselman. Like, I don't know – I don't know why I've seen the things that I've seen in that student section. Um, but we're going to get back, and we're going to uh, talk – It'll be really, really short in terms of the Aces talk, especially with their week off. Uh, and they'll get back to it on Sunday. And then we have a lot of NBA talk. We got some awards to talk about that was handed out over the last two days. And then we got four, the last four, uh, NBA playoff matchups that are going on. And we'll be breaking those down for you guys. Hour number two of Talk That Talk. Stay tuned.
Talk That Talk radio show records twice le- twice weekly, excuse me, from the beautiful Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino, from the largest superbook in the world for over 50 years, formerly known as the largest hotel in the world for nearly a decade, the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino is located at 3000 Paradise Road, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89109. Once again, that address is 3000 Paradise Road, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89109. Hour number two of Talk That Talk. Salim is still with me. (laughs) I took a pause for a second because I was about to say, what were we just talking about before the break? But we were talking about music. And before that, I felt like we were talking about a sports topic, and I forgot what it was. But whatever, it'll come back to me. Um, it's basketball time, right? Hour number two, basketball time. Let's start with the Aces. The Aces are in, still in the middle of their week of rest. They don't play again until Sunday. They will host the Dallas Wings at 3 p.m. from the Michelob Ultra Arena down in the Mandalay Bay. Um, you haven't been to an Aces game yet, right? And you won't be able to do this week's game because you'll be at the ballpark with me. But we got to get you to an Aces game very, very soon. Um, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. We got to get you there, and we'll let the, the energy speak for itself, and we'll see what happens. I think so. Um, without trying to jinx this team, Erica Agumbawale continues to be a big shot taker and a big shot maker. The Aces are going to win this game by a lot, right? Give me the give me the money line right now. Aces by what? They're favored by what? Oh, I was to say don't give me the fifth. Is this your guess? Okay, I was about to say don't don't give me their, don't give me anybody else's numbers, not even the Westgates. Great. So you said four. So do me a favor. Throw something else out of the wall. Tell me the Wings record. Because I don't even know myself. We're going to look this up as a unit. No, yeah, you're going to guess. I'm going to look it up. I hope not. That would suck. Royally, actually. So, the Wings are four and five. Am I crazy to say aces by eight? That's what I wanted to say. Chicago's three and seven. I don't know if you was thinking about the Chicago sky, but I'm trying to look at it right now. I don't think we see any numbers yet on this game. No, we don't. But uh, I mentioned Erica Ogumbawale. She's averaging 22 points per game on 40% shooting from the field and 87% from free throw. Uh, She led the league in scoring last year. As I said before, if you know anything about that name, Ogumbawale, I think you the moments that you think of are big shots. So I, I wanted to talk about the money line with this with this game only because 
this game can't be close, right? Not when you have Erica on the other side. That's just the easiest way to kind of put it. Like, you, you need to win this game. Okay, let's... So let's play the other side of the coin. If the Aces lose this game, how much are we not to stress out because the team is coming off of a week break? Okay. Well, I do think it's important to mention that the Aces are four and uh, one in their last five games. On the opposite side, uh, the Dallas Wings are t are three and two in their last five. But get this: their two losses, four points to the Phoenix Mercury, and three points in overtime to the Seattle Storm, who they beat two nights later. Just a little, you know. Oh, and by the way, in their latest game, the team avenged that loss against the Phoenix Mercury with a four-point win of their own in Phoenix. Just a couple of numbers on the uh, Dallas Wings for you guys. Salim, now I think the floor is yours, dog. We're talking MVP talk. I think in my heart of hearts, I knew that it was Nikola Jokic. I still feel like whoever came out on top of that Eastern Conference, or actually, excuse me, whoever came out on top of the Eastern Conference probably had the best argument for MVP, especially with the way that the season was winding down. So I wanted to give it to Joel Embiid. All that said, the league would have revolted if anybody else aside from Nikola Jokic got it, right? Best team. I mean, I don't know. I think Jokic just really just carries all the water and just kind of carries the team right now. I think he's the MVP. I think he's the MVP. He has 24, 13, and 15 over the last 17 games of the regular season. I, I watched that game against the Utah Jazz last night. He was absolutely unbelievable. Michael Porter was racking up numbers, 8 and 13. That's an improvement. And for a defensive 
are we assuming that that workload will be up to 24 to 28? No, oh, no, that's a lot. Let's say 24 to 26 minutes minutes for Will Barton by game four. You think we can get that? That's what four days. Point God. Twenty six on the nose. Freakish numbers from a freakish player. That's what people don't understand. You're saying that they're the best team in the NBA. Well, Cle- well if they're playing like this. I want to get into some specific. Okay, why am I looking at that? And the Nuggets shot 14 for 43, I believe, correct? Huh. Uh, So, pardon me while I'm checking my Twitter for this really quick because I want to give exact numbers, and I want to have some fun with this because Nikola Jokic did uh, receive his MVP award from his teammates. Uh, Former 41st overall pick. How did you respond to Twitter going back and rehashing that Nikola Jokic was drafted during the Taco Bell commercial? The Quesarito. How do we feel about that? The, I, for, for Nikola Jokic, if I'm his agent, I'm 100% on the phone with Taco Bell right now, right? Uh, yo, fam, you're, if I'm Nikola Jokic and my agent has not already called Taco Bell, you're fired. You got to go, bro. Because that's an endorsement check waiting to happen. If it was Tom Brady, it would have been trademarked already. I can't do this. <laughs> Let's talk about some some MVP voting, right? Nikola Jokic got 91. 91 of the available first place votes. He ended up with 971 points. The closest person was the person that I picked, Joel Embiid, 
And he led the way with 62 second place votes. And him being second was equated to 586 votes. Keep in mind, I just said Nikola Jokic posted 971 points. So the closest person was nearly 400 points away from the MVP. have doesn't that in a weird way couldn't that argument work for me in terms of Joel Embiid as well because that means that if he played in let's say half of those games that he missed 10 of them that means that the Eastern Conference wouldn't have been as close as it was so I 100% I like it I just like the debate I like it Absolutely. Shout out to Boogie who made an appearance in game one. We see you, Boogie. We see you, Boogie. Boogie's great. What do you want me to <laughs> Like your older, like your, uh, when you're uh, dealing with your little cousin? This is interesting. So I'm still looking at these numbers, and this is so great to see. But um, top five. I'm going to round out the top five, for, top five for you. Have you seen these MVP votes? Which is great. We're, we got to we – we'll get to that in a second. Top five, Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, Steph Curry, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Chris Paul. Why is Chris Paul fifth? Steph, I'll take it. Why is Giannis ahead of Steph? I mean, why is Giannis ahead of CP? <laughs> See, but that's the only thing. Like, somebody told me a long time ago, sometimes that's what happens when you're too good at your job. Now we're not surprised. <laughs> which means next season Nikola Jokic is going to put up the same 27, 11, and 8, and everybody's going to look at him like, oh, well, he can't be MVP again. Why not? Um, 
I get the point system and everything else, so I, I kind of understand the way it shakes out. Uh, however, Chris Paul only having two first place votes, but leading the way in fifth place votes with twenty six. Um, no. Just gonna say no. No. I get that it's a regular season award, but if we're doing the regular season award, then Steph didn't make the postseason. So Steph is fourth. Very true. Him. So no, I mean Steph to me when you when you look at football That's and crazy. Football, Just another stat too. We I know we're talking about the Denver Nuggets uh simply because of Nikola Jokic, but uh did you see the stat about Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers when he was on and off the court? Like they were plus 36 or something in the minutes while he was there, but they were, what was it? It was minus triple digits, whatever it was. In the handful of minutes that he wasn't on the court. Which means, so how many, like, 21 to 2 runs is that? Like, that, like the offense just doesn't move when Dame isn't in the game? Yeah, that's a funny word. You think he realizes that, realizes that after what he posted? Are we going size or just effort and everything else? And not like league worst bad. I I will say this, and Dame is the type of person that will hear this even in hindsight and like prove that he's six three, but. We've talked about it a million times. When you're around these NBA players. Yeah, right. Dame looks 6'1", maybe. If that's the case, fam. 
then I'm getting it off. Right. Can't overstate. Not when he's a passer. And we'll see what happens the rest of the way. At least the rest of the duration of that contract. Oh, question. Does the shellacking have anything to do with a shillelagh? I like the word shillelagh. I want to say, yeah, we got to figure that out. I like the word shillelagh. Um, and I'm over here looking at the stat literally as it pops up on the, on the uh, ticker. Uh, which ticker is it on? That one right there. Um, Defensive player of the year came out. And I will say. I haven't been surprised about any award yet until this one. That sounds crazy, right? It was only it was only two for me, and it was him or Ben. Excuse me, Rudy Gobert or, or Ben Simmons were the two for me, and I had Ben Simmons actually winning that one. Um, I guess when you had the best record in the league, that helps. Um, you know, Rudy Gobert, first of all, top three. Uh, that finished in voting. We just mentioned the first two right now. Rudy Gobert won the award. Ben Simmons was two. Draymond Green was three. Rudy Gobert received 84 to 100 first place vote. Voice. 100. Well, 84 of the 100 first place votes. Um, he wins the defensive player of the year for the third time in four years. Becoming only the fourth player to win at least three Defensive Player of the Year awards. Can you name the other three? Four times. Yes. Four times. You're really good at this. Three or more, yes, sir. It's only one other name. No, sir. I do have a, a good hint for you. He's still playing. You're going to be very, very mad. He's still playing, like, right now. Like, one of the teams that's left still playing. Yep. 
Dwight Howard is the third one. And Dwight Howard has done it three times. So Rudy Gobert joins that elite company when it comes to defensive player of the years that have won the awards at least three times. Rudy's going to get a number four before his career is over, right? Unless you're Kenyon Oblad, what's the deal? Except for who? It's one person that sees Rudy Gobert and their eyes light up. Who is it? I was going to give you another name, and this person is, like, John Morant is the new version of this person, and that's Russell Westbrook. Anytime Russell Westbrook sees Rudy Gobert, he said, oh, you're gonna, he's going to go, oh, I'm about to cook him. I'm about to have fun with this. So, can he come to the Pacers? We have Miles Turner. We, yeah, the top two, three in blocking every year. Why don't I feel like it matters? Surge protector. Is this a TJ McConnell dig? No, right? Okay. Okay. TJ's a good basketball player. Okay. I had to just triple check. I had to just triple check. All right, cool. Um, but see, TJ McConnell is one of those players that if he was in LA right now, like he it, there would be a crazy nickname for TJ McConnell right now. Run TMC. Oh, wait, damn, they already have that. And not in the slightest. He would be Isaac Okoro right now. And Isaac Okoro is better defensively. Minnesota. Let's keep naming these teams in purgatory. Orlando. Speaking of that, pat yourself on the back right now. I want to see it. Believe it, sir. Actually believe it. Because I'm going to give you a stat, and you're going to say, actually, well, not a stat, but I'm going to give you a, a fact. And you're going to say, no, we did say that. I think it was last year. But remember how we talked about these teams in purgatory and talked about the great players on them? And we said send Aaron Gordon to a contender, and we will see how valuable Aaron Gordon is. We saw that in round one, right? I was going to say. But, like, it was an aberration. 
I'm not going to say that. The floor is spaced differently. I mean, he didn't have the, the talent that he has now with him. I mean, it's a little different, no disrespect, get well soon, when you have Jonathan Isaac standing in the corner as opposed – and Chuma Okiki as opposed to what you have in Denver now, as opposed to what Michael Porter Jr. and Austin Rivers. Like, it's just a little different when you're looking at uh, – give me another – he played with Alfred Payton. You have Alfred Payton running a point in Monte, Monte Morris. I just think you're getting different things with both of them. You're, you're getting point guards experiences with both, but Monte's actually going to score and space the floor. Alfred Payton, not so much. The moment you put the ball on the ground, I'm sliding off of Alfred Payton. No, Alfred is a great basketball player. He just can't shoot the ball. He's a great basketball player. I, I'm going to – wait, did I say great? I'm going to go good basketball player. I said great. I did say great. I won't give you that. He's a good basketball player. <laughs> well, anybody who starts a playoff game for the Knicks and only plays eight minutes, I'm pretty sure baffles the team yeah. or the fan base. Even then, like, you're playing four to kind of start the game and four to start the second half. And then Derrick Rose started starting the game and starting the second half. So it's like, Alfred, just, just you're, you're here for us. Um, talk about Coach of the Year really quick because we're talking about the Knicks. Um, I'm going to actually let you have it. Uh, Monty Williams was my vote. But, I mean, I mean, when the Knicks are that good, you got to give Tiff something, right? Second. I feel crazy for putting them third, right? But I had them third. You had to remind them? It just happened. This is, this is fresh. Let's make the argument for money. He Wait, can we can we go a little bit further? Take me to the bubble. Devin Booker, you could tell, was one of those players that no fans, seclusion, just gym. He's going to give a lot of people buckets in the center. Can we give Monty Williams a little more credit, or not just Monty Williams, but anybody who coaches Chris Paul? Because if you sent Chris Paul out there for 42 minutes, shot the tips, CP would play it. 
So a big percentage and part of why I wanted Mark or excuse me, Monty Williams to win the award is because CP has been healthy. So, I mean, I feel like you, he got it as much as we talked about Steve Nash and us saying that majority of his coaching job is the locker room, making sure that the team stays focused on the court. You probably don't got to call much. As far as Monty Williams, you see both aspects of it, and I think the locker room leading of men isn't being talked about enough. knew what to look for. Right. And even looking at that, I think we can look at I almost said Scott Brooks and you would have you would have ripped me alive for that one. Let's go Mark Jackson. Let's go Steve Nash. No, I'm 100% going to stop right there. At all. For for multiple reasons. I was about to say, so many reasons that have nothing to do with basketball, and I know that. Some do. <laughs> hey, man. All right, I'm not doing this. All I was going to say was that for point guards, the game moves slower. So what I realized is for some reason that point guard coaches, they're usually really – I shouldn't say usually. Maybe I probably should do a little more research. But I feel like they're more defensively sound. And I think that's because as a point guard, the game slows down for you a little bit. So – like you said, if anything, if nothing else, Steve Nash is earning his money in this series by showing how much of a coach he can be because we're definitely not thinking that the defensive schemes are coming from Mike D'Antoni, right? Okay. Oh, it's insane. So I feel like we might as well just talk about it right now. Where uh, Brooklyn is up to nothing in, in this series. <coughs> Excuse me. Similar, we're watching Devin Booker with his uh, post game um, press conference right now uh, here in the clubhouse. So I want to talk about both of those series because both teams are up 2-0. Both 
higher seeded teams are up 2-0. Phoenix is up 2-0 on Denver, and the Brooklyn Nets are up 2-0 on Milwaukee. But both games happened in Phoenix and Brooklyn. Which team has the better opportunity to win both games at home and send the game, send the series back tied for game five? No, I'm going with Jokic. I'm going they'll, they'll win two straight. They might not win anything else after that, but they may win two straight. CP3 enters the game. I just think that, of course, we always hear role players play better at home, right? So, Monte Morris is not going to shoot two for 17 at home, right? Uh, Michael Porter Jr., I'm assuming that they're going to work overtime to make sure that his back is at least – I don't want to wish anything bad on the kid by no means, but I do think that he will be, at the very least, look tip-top shape for game three. I don't know what the rest of the series looks like, but I can see the invigoration of being back at home uh, the extra care that I'm sure that they're going to go ahead and, and give him in his back tonight um, and moving forward. Yeah, I don't know. I would love to to say that they'll come back 2-2, and I'm going to go ahead and stick my, my hat in the in the ring right now and say that they'll come back 2-2. But similar to what you just said, if, they, if we went back to Phoenix with the Suns up 3-1 and a chance to close it, it wouldn't shock me. So why do we both feel like Milwaukee has no shot? Why? If the Brooklyn Nets get rid of Milwaukee, let's say in five games, but James Harden does not play, how scarce should the rest of the league be? Zach Lowe is an interesting basketball man. You have you ever met Zach Lowe? I'm smiling because Celine, when I tell you guys, if there was ever a person like you're the hardest person in the world to describe, Zach Lowe, that might be your doppelganger, dog. The way that you guys both interact and the way that you guys are just cut and dry and say stuff and look at the camera and shrug. That that's you. Maybe. To my James Harden. At the same time, too, I will say the only thing that we haven't kind of mentioned right now, and shout out to Tyler, who's typically here on Wednesday nights. Um, Tyler caught this, what, six weeks ago? 
he and Dunat did it as well. They both looked at James Harden and said he's not healthy. I don't know how they saw it, and maybe I just didn't pay attention to it enough. I didn't think James Harden was hurting like that. Hundred percent, and he still. I know we talk a lot about Luka Doncic's pace. But I don't know, man. James Harden plays at a pace that can't anybody slow him up except for Stephen Clay. I think just seeing that blue and in, in, in gold in Golden State just throws James off a little bit. But aside from that, the rest of the league, James Harden continues to play at his pace. And that's why I think it's so scary that Brooklyn is up 2-0 right now. And James Harden has played all of 14 minutes of a first half. Um... And that, I was saying, I may be giving him a little bit more. Don't tell me that. Give me how long. I wanted to give I wanted to give Milwaukee at least a quarter. Don't do that. Fam, we're not doing that. All right. Let's wait. <laughs> While we're doing that, we have two other series to get to. Uh, the Utah Jazz are up right now, 1-0 on the uh, L.A. Clippers. While you're still fact-checking that. Uh, I mentioned the Boogie sighting. You guys know every time I see Boogie do well and prosper, I'm going to show love. That's just what's going to happen. Um, what's the deal, Boogie? Um, let me get this out the way now because everybody likes to have their little funny time and their funny jokes. So they played two games without James Harden. Good luck, Bucks. Um, I'm gonna get this out the way now because everybody, like I said, they like to say their little funny jokes. Ha ha he he. Paul George stunk it up game one. That's safe to say, right? He would tell you that he stunk it up game one, right? Is it going to change? If he doesn't, how quickly before the Joe Ingles stop or the Paul George stopper nickname? No, of course, but w- how many more legs will it get if Paul George stinks it up in Utah, eliminates the Clippers? Can anybody tell me why? I don't think that's it. Everybody says that they hate Laker fans. However, they've all whether they've knowingly done it or not, they've jumped on the Laker bandwagon. All the Laker hate, or excuse me, all the Paul George hate came after he was traded to the Clippers, and he said that he always grew up a Clipper fan after being number 24 and saying how much love he had for Kobe, not knowing that Paul George has always been on record saying that he was from Palmdale and he liked the Clippers. He's on record saying that. Um, depends on where you're going and the time of the day, but, uh, 
I'll give you an hour and 10 minutes, hour and 15. Would I drive to it? No. Wait, is it an NBA team? Hey, I don't know, fam. <laughs> I don't know, fam. I was just about to ask you why, and I'm happy I didn't do it on air. Say less. This Utah series, Rudy Gobert, I'm going to do it real quick, and I'm going to drop the ball, or I'm going to drop the grenade, and I'm going to get out of here. Rudy Gobert being named Defensive Player of the Year right after that clutch, that clutch block, they're lying to us when they say that these awards are regular season awards, aren't they? Most disrespectful defensive player of the year in history. Draymond's up there. <laughs> the man's nickname is the Stifle Tower. That's a fire nickname. I'm t we talked about the surge protector earlier and Iblaka, so I like the surge protector more than I like Iblaka. But fam, the Stifle Tower—that's what top three. And you know what's crazy? I did not bring, and I love that nickname, and I did not bring that up to Katie. Next time I see him, I'm going to say that. Like, fam, I know you don't like it, but. Why? Did he ever say why? Yeah. Like, he didn't even care for Durantula like that. He was like, I like it more than Slim Reaper, but still, no. Fam, what? There's the ball. You make of that what you will. It was a two-horse race. Fire. And they're going to be like, so why do you, what do you do again? <laughs> so, so what do you do again, sir? Um, So this series is going what? I'm getting six for some reason. I don't know which way, though. Exactly. It'll be good to see. I, I Like I said, the number that's popping in my head for some reason is saying that this is not going any more than six. I don't know. I don't know. It's going six. I just don't know. Also, hot take, hot take, hot take. Jordan Clarkson will be a Laker very, very soon. Will be a Laker again very soon. Excuse me. Second stint with LeBron. Second stint with the Lakers, 
get his get him a championship in LA, I could see something like that. Yeah. And then LeBron left him. And he was probably sitting over there in Cleveland like on Fourth Street, like, fam. I gotta sit here for you. Um, how do you think Colin Sexton feel? Or not Colin Sexton, excuse me, Shabazz Napier. When he was like, you got to go draft Shabazz and then went to Cleveland. Anyway, shout out to Shabazz. Uh, how do y'all feel? I, I, I felt like Shabazz was on y'all uh, draft board. I had him going to y'all. A hundred percent. Out the door. For you, I mean. Yep. When you uh, not the pettiest. Going back to Dan Gilbert and literally saying like I won this title in spite of how I feel about ownership, like it's crazy to me. Like that is that is crazy to me to come back and say I promised the city I would do this. I'm leaving again. Don't worry about it. I just wanted to make sure I follow through on that. LeBron is goaded forever for that. And and shout out to this person and get well soon. I believe that this person was sick a couple years ago. David Blatt. Uh, LeBron also flexes muscle by first year coach getting to the finals with him and still losing his job the following year. Like LeBron has done a couple of other things that are like martyr status. Like this is who else besides you can pull this off. Um. We still won't fire the GM for Aaron Rodgers. Do you do you see my point? Um, you know what's crazy? All of this because he said you could have drafted a wide receiver any of these 12 years. Like, it's just the craziest thing in the world. When you boil it down to what it is, it's, I told myself I wasn't talking about Aaron Rodgers. I've been doing pretty good. I'm going back to my my fast. I'm not talking about football. Um, last series that we have to talk about really quick. And for those of you guys who came to check out a Logan Paul, Floyd Mayweather breakdown, no. I don't know what I'm supposed to say. I don't know what I, I don't know what I watched. Um, and all I'm gonna say is I'm gonna I got one that's out there now, from Floyd, and. I believe this is an exact quote from Floyd Mayweather. I retired from boxing, but I didn't retire from entertainment or making money. So Floyd Mayweather answered my question before when I asked this entire studio, and I said, I know that they're boxing, but is this the sport of boxing? And everybody said no. Floyd didn't throw a punch to ran three. I guarantee somewhere in that contract, has to. If you guys want the most money, it has to go with the full uh, eight. And both of them was like, bet. Let's tag each other all night. Logan said, I'm going to go eight with Floyd. I'm winning. 
Because if Floyd said, nah, I'm done in the fourth, Logan would have said, all right, bet. All right, cool. So you want me to just fall, or do you want me to, like, so since I'm this tall, is it like a body shot? Like, how are we going to make this? He, he didn't throw any shots to the body. Do you know how pay-per-views work? Do you know how contracts work? Do you know how boxing works? <laughs> I do think that Floyd didn't want to get hit regardless. Like, well, even if it was like a, a – Well, that's true. But I'm talking about even in terms of him finishing it quickly, I don't know how, how many punches he would have been willing to take on the way in. Um, I'm sorry, I don't want to throw this off, but uh, my dad just texted us to make sure that we knew about um, the uppercut, the right uppercut that landed that looked like Logan Paul's legs might have been a little stiffened and Floyd may have done a little holding them up. I don't know if, if people want to break that down, but it, it did look as if that happened. Uh, sticking with combat sports, my dad, of course, wants to reiterate, rest in peace to my grandfather. Um, shout out. Boxing's first two-time Olympic gold medalist and current champion in two weight classes. Clarissa Shields will make her MMA debut tomorrow night. I'm excited for it. It's hard to believe that over the course of her 11-0 career, she has unified the WBC, WBO, IBF, and WBA belts at 154 and 160 pounds, and now she set her sights on simultaneously holding titles in boxing and in MMA. She refers to herself as the GWOP, the greatest woman of all time. As much as I enjoy watching MMA, you can't help but get excited with, with what Shields may bring to the women's division. And I know it's way too early, but could we see a Clarissa Shields, Amanda Nunes mega fight? Let's see the way Clarissa Shields looks as a mixed martial artist first. Because Amanda is a hired hen hitman, hit woman, whatever you want to call it. Henchman, hired killer, kill bill, all of it. All of it. I don't want to send anybody to fight Amanda unless they're ready. Because we thought Megan Anderson was ready, and she wasn't. We thought Cyborg was the baddest thing walking this planet, and Amanda walked through. You know what's even more scary? Have you ever seen Amanda Nunes be rude? That is horrific. So are you more afraid? <laughs> Never mind. I was going to ask, are you more afraid of Adrian Broner or Amanda Nunes? <laughs> you got two of them. Amanda Nunez is not a person that I want beef with by no means. Um, I'm, fam. <laughs> I'm out of here. I'm not doing it anymore.
anymore. Uh, we didn't talk about this last series, and it's the only series that's tied, but Atlanta and Philadelphia, it is something to, be, to behold that we are literally watching. And I know we kept talking about Devin Booker and him going to have him having his playoff moment and things of that nature. Um, Trey Young has had multiple. And I think everybody who was on the fence about Trey Young are no longer. We see it. And also, while we get out of here right now and while we get, let 2K take us out, we talked a lot about how much we love JC as a player and all of these different things. And then we also talked about how weird and awkward we felt watching him guard Julius Randle throughout the season. And we said, if this – is the JC that we're getting in the postseason? The Hawks have no shot because I'm just giving the ball to any power forward in the East. And they're going to do what they do. And then John Collins must have activated playoff JC or something because this is a different person. I think the Hawks or excuse me, I think the Sixers should be on upset watch. Make the mascot a damn shark and stop taking so long. Keep on talking, guys.